Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. You can make sure to follow the podcast on social media at About to Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is listed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa via TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can also stream the episodes directly from the website abouttreeview.com. Uh, joining me on today's very special episode, uh, before we get into all of that, uh, of course, there are other special things, but yeah. Tim Hall, the People's Critic. Well, good to be back. How are you? <laughs> Epis- Congratulations to you. Thank um, you. So this is episode, episode 100. 100. Bow, 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 bow. Fireworks. Yeah. This is where, uh, what sound effects should Damien throw in here? Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing? Oh, no reggaeton horns. No, no, there are definitely some reggaeton horns uh, and fireworks. Congratulations on, on episode 100. A lot of podcasts don't make it that far. I was yeah. just listening to uh, Chris on the Insanity Check podcast. Mm-hmm. He did episode 600. Gee, many yeah, but he, yeah, he, it was him and Phenom from the 40 Acres, for, Where's My 40 Acres podcast, mm-hmm. and Rod and Karen from the Black Guy Who Tips podcast, and they were essentially just talking about like the labor of doing podcasts, whether it be getting feedback, uh, Absolutely. Uh, having to be consistent with it, content, dealing with trolls, like all of this stuff. All the stuff that comes with doing a podcast, mm-hmm. um, finding your audience, finding your voice. So it's, it's a good episode. It's up now, so if you get a chance, if you're, I would recommend it if you're thinking about starting a podcast, just right. to listen to some of their stories and and finding equipment that works and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like is part of it. It's yeah. not just a beautiful podcast you get to hear every week. There's a lot that goes into it. And that and that is something that you and I have talked about on and off the mic. Yeah, is that when whether it is with being a film critic, yeah. podcast, whatever, they're like, oh man, that must be so nice. You just get to go see movies for free. It is. It is still work. It's still work. But. It is work that we want to do. It is work that we enjoy doing. <clears throat> yeah. But the work is is there. It's still work. Um, the past two nights, I have spent rewiring the studio, new cables, new headphone cables, mm-hmm. whole bunch of new equipment. And I actually did a time-lapse video mm-hmm. of it that who knows I might release someday. Why uh, not? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, but it was pretty cool Like because I, I wanted to document it mm-hmm. and just show like, this takes work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is the labor of love. So yeah, episode one hundred. I am still incredibly humbled mm-hmm. and amazed that this small little idea and project of mine has been going this long. Mm-hmm. In almost two years, I have only missed I think four weeks. So yeah, you, you need no. You need a break. That's yeah. <laughs> take a break. Take a take a week off. Take two weeks off. Like. Your audience will still be there. Like you need a break. This isn't. This shouldn't be something that, that drains you that way. Right. Because um, you're always going to have content. There's, there will always, as long as you're doing film, pop culture, there there will always be content. Mm-hmm. So you always have content to do. It's just a matter of are you willing to get up every Sunday and do this? Right. And even if you're doing it solo, like are you willing to do this thing every Sunday? Yeah, that one is still. <clears throat> I still have only done like three episodes solo. Uh, it still feels a little bit weird, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody is available. The beautiful all thing the time. is it's your show. You can do however you want to. Right. Uh, next you, can, you, can take, you can take a couple weeks off. You can do whatever. It's your show. Yeah. Next week's episode will most likely be a solo <laughs> show mm-hmm. uh, because, yeah, I will be in Las Vegas next week. Good. So you doing it from Vegas? Yeah, I'm gonna bring just a really minimal equipment, just the recorder, a mic, maybe mm-hmm. two mics in case. Because I did try and reach out to some Las Vegas film folks and just be like, hey, is there an event going on? Uh, there's the Las Vegas Black Film Festival that is happening like I think the weekend 
after oh gotcha so i might try and reach out just be like hey if you guys have a screener you know something that i can just support mm-hmm. uh yeah that will most likely be a uh solo show no vienna war is going on while you're there you can interview some <laughs> some from real film stars the uh, real I mean, stars of film i could i could make a call because yeah. my friend is one of them you but know, uh make a call put that that'd be a great interview for the show that, that would be that would be interesting i know i'm serious that'd be a great interview for the show. i think because people people don't look at it as film but it has everything that goes in film it's editing it's all it's everything yeah. that goes in film except for the content is definitely very mature yes uh but it is definitely a film that people edit and cut and do trailers for and do all of that and yeah and i'd want to know about the parody the, the oh, form i would want to have a full conversation <laughs> about who comes up with these and right. like is there an actual script where you get to be nick fury and you run around uh short answer yes there yes. is i would, uh, would want to know all about that i could probably get my hands and, on on a script yeah uh, i want to read, read the black panther one oh, just just the names of the characters oh, uh yeah so uh yeah episode 100 <clears throat> Madness. It, it is crazy. So this episode is chock full of a bunch of things. Uh, we're going to start off with the geek news, yes. uh, some news items, then go yeah. to the movie reviews. Mm-hmm. On this episode, it is going to be Itzhak, which I saw at the Seattle Jewish Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Love, Simon, which Tim and I both saw. You did. Seven Days in Entebbe. And rounding it off with Tomb Raider, Tomb which again, Tim and Raider. I both saw. Uh, and then I have some shout outs and gratitude stuff that will be at the end of the episode as well as uh we're gonna go on live on facebook we are going to go live i say we except the camera is actually just going to be pointed at the table wait i'm doing the live team too yeah what yeah they're they like, yeah, we'll just be on the table and that way if people you know have any q a again by the time we're recording this it will already be over right uh but yeah so we'll just be kind of running know that. at the very end so uh, i'm just gonna sit here no we'll be talking and then, like, we'll be, it will be during the episode, <laughs> and then if people have questions... You should have announced this on your last episode. I did not think about it last episode. John, <laughs> I announced it on John, social John. media. <laughs> you should have you give people an opportunity to be involved and be engaged. I did it on involved. Facebook, because it is going to be Facebook Live. When did you do it on Facebook? I posted it uh, the other day. Yeah. That's um, what, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want to maximize your engagement. Yep. I'd, I'd imagine so. Yep. Let people know. Let me know so I can tell tell people. I did let you know in the text. But anyway. when when okay, can we be honest? When did you let me know in the text it was happening? Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh. <laughs> but from the text, it sounded like you're doing it after the show, not during the show. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I could have told people. I, I got to talk to my communications. Director I could have told people that. like, hey, if you're on Facebook mm-hmm. or tweeted about it. Yeah, I mean, you could tweet, you could tweet about it. No, we're oh, recording. Okay. I can't do that yeah, now. It's too late now. Too late. Uh, but yeah, so that will be all on this episode, episode 100 of the About to Review podcast, the podcast which has interviews, reviews, and geeky yeah. news. Before we get into the show, we go into the original theme song created by Damon Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Fantastic. All right. We are back. Back back in effect right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So right off the top of the show, geek news. Geek news. Flash. <laughs> this, oh, God. This Flash movie. The Flash movie. <laughs> yeah. The Flash yeah. movie, as of right now, entitled Flashpoint, <clears throat> a.k.a. WB and DC's way of being like, 
don't worry, guys. We're just going to reset everything. I don't even know if it's that <laughs> if it's that intentional. I just don't think they know what they're doing. There's no plan. So yeah. it's like, here's a cool Flash story we get to tell. <laughs> yeah, it, it is going to be real. It. But the, the news item attached with it is they have a new directing team. This makes the fifth. Fifth one, yeah. Directing team <laughs> behind Flash. But it is John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein right. who recently did Game Night. Okay. And they also co-wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. So they can do comedy. They, ha- they have the pedigree. I think the way that they are going, if there is a direction with DC, with Barry Allen being the kind of jokester, the funny one, these are two guys who can do that. Mm, yeah. Do I have faith in it? No. <laughs> but ima- imagine telling a Flashpoint story without establishing the Flash in the universe. You cannot do it. Can't do it. It's like, a, it's, or it's going to feel super rushed this, uh, and like a super sense. like sword just rushes through everything to get to this flashpoint. Like you got to explain how the speed force work. You need like, and you, you use movies, you use one or two movies to set that up. Mm-hmm. And then, you which go into I mean, flashpoint. and they will, if it ends up being a flashpoint, they will be like, remember in Batman versus Superman where Batman is the bad cave and flash came through and yeah, yeah. that was it. Like that was Didn't all we had. And then we had the future thing where Superman was going crazy. Like, yeah. But none of none of it makes yeah, they're not, sense. They're not. Um, <laughs> there's no plan. No, none. So uh, I don't expect this to work. Or if it does work, it won't be Flashpoint. It'll be some and it, just Flash do, a, do a Flash story, origin story. Like Flash has a phenomenal Rogues Gallery, like we have seen on the TV show. Yeah, just do a Flash movie. This rush to do like this huge epic movie that is going to tie everything in, like the Aquaman movie. I'm pretty sure is not going to have threads connecting to everything else. Why do you, why are you sure of that? Because I don't think they know what they are doing. That doesn't mean doesn't, that doesn't mean it's not trying it. <sighs> okay, let me rephrase. It might have them. I just don't think it will work. Yeah. If because, they do have it, it's not going to work. <laughs> no. If it's if they're smart, they don't have them. Exactly. Like I But I don't trust them doing things smart. And we've seen nothing from this Aquaman movie. Nope. And it comes out this year. End of the year. What was crazy is with Black Panther, for the first time that I can remember in a long time, Mm -hmm. the week after Black Panther opened, Mm -hmm. and it was just making all of the money, they announced you could pre-order the DVD. Mm -hmm. They put the DVD artwork up there already while it was still in theater. Sounds like a plan. Right. And I was like, they know six months from now that the DVD is going to be out. It will have these features. Here's the art. They showed it to us. Yeah. DC is like, oh, we have an Aquaman movie coming out this year. We have a, a random shirtless picture of Jess Momoa that could be from any movie. Anything. Anything. Nothing else. And it was like, come on, yeah. guys. So with, with Flash <sighs> Flashpoint, if it, if it happens, yeah. of course we will watch it. Uh, okay. Flash is one of my favorite characters. I just, I have no faith in it. So sticking with uh, more DC yeah. news, the Batman. Yes. Which has also gone through... A bunch of people, directors have gone, left. Scripts. Scripts. Oh, gosh. Scripts have get, gone everywhere. Matt Reeves has said officially that, yes, he is still doing it. Okay. They have now pushed production to 2019. It got pushed out. The fact that they're the- pushing production, not they, they don't even say filming 2019. They said production to 2019 means 2018, we're not doing a single Batman thing. They're probably working on the script. Again. What Batman story are you telling? 
in this universe, I have no idea. You, you're, you're, you're. They, DC comes to you and says, "Okay, we're doing a Batman movie with Matt Reeves. Same Batman, same everything. What story are you are you advising them to tell?" I mean, if they were, if they want to establish continuity in the universe and do something interesting, I'm asking you. I know what you want them to do. What I would like them to do that I think would be great. Yeah, would be the Killing Joke. Okay. Then you could set up Barbara Gordon. You could set up Oracle. They're they're doing a Birds of Prey. So another Batman Joker movie. But at the same time, like in this new universe, which because as of right now, Suicide Squad. Yes, Batman was yeah. in it, but is that the real Joker? Who do like? Who knows? So yeah. But again, there is no plan. But I would like to see the Killing Joke done. Uh, I mean, the Long Halloween would be cool. Like, I'm not doing any of that. I set up, uh, I tell the movie in three acts, set a structure similar to Moonlight, uh-huh. where the first story is about a, a younger Batman and the Joker, and, and a Robin. Okay. So it's sort of like a short film, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Okay. 45 minutes or so. The next one's similar amount, where it's it's Batman dealing with the Black Mask. Okay, yep. No, early, the first one's Black Mask, second one's a Robin, and the third one is Batman in the Court of Owls. And I tell that I tell those stories. So, so you're yeah. seeing three different Batmans. Mm-hmm. And you're telling sort of this through line with with this Bat story. So you establish all these other elements that you then you can now pour expand into. Upon. You can expand mm-hmm. on a Robin. You can expand on the Court of Owls. You can expand on the Black Mask. You yep. can do all of that. So the first one's kind of like a a, a young Batman going up against sort of a mob and sort of like there's these other character sort of on the fringe but black mass is the villain second one is he's established as batman and people know him mm-hmm. and then you're bringing in a robin and he's trading a robin the third one is like very well established batman very well established robin and they're mm-hmm. going up against this crazy court of owls group that court, would be my court story. of owls would be an incredible story that would be my story and i think actually i mean that does a really good point because that is one that <clears throat> does not take much no you take a bunch of other rich billionaires yeah who have all have their own secret society yeah. like the only thing with that would you would need a Damien. Yes. You know. And so if you do that second act. Yes. But yeah, Court of Owls, I think, yeah. would be the m- most accessible yeah. one because, yeah, you just, you need rich people and a Robin. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, Th- yeah, that is it. That would be the story I would tell. It would be such an interesting way to, te- to, to structure a superhero film. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it gives you the flexibility to tell like different types of genre stories. Yeah. In the, in the same movie. I would do that. I mean, the Kevin Smith fan in me would love to see, like, Widening Gyre, uh, which has a character, Onomatopoeia, who is this assassin. Just, I mean, stylistically, that would be really interesting. But again. Yeah. That would be how I'd do it. Okay. I, I like it. Uh, so, DC, if you need another writer, yeah. if you need another script person, Tim Holt, people's I'm, critic. Listen, I would tell those. St- it would be interesting. You could do them yeah. in 45 minutes chunks. Yeah. And you got your two and a half hours of film. And there it would be it would be a plan, and people would watch it. Yeah, I don't want to see another Batman Joker movie. Yeah, I mean, again, with so many other villains that they could yeah. do, Clayface, Clayface would be great. Yeah, you uh, could do a bunch. Yeah, you could do, yeah, you could do a bunch of really a very interesting Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Give me a Gray Ghost movie. Yeah, yeah, which is one of my favorite episodes of the animated a series. Master of the Phantasm live action. I'd watch that. Ooh, that would be great. Yeah. Critically underappreciated animated movie. It's a I one saw of the it best in the theater Batman when movies. it came out on yeah. a youth group trip. Oddly enough, yeah. it's one of the best so, Batman movies. It's, it's yeah. incredible, awesome movie. Uh, last bit of DC news: Ava DuVernay. Yes, hot on the heels of Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. which has been a very divisive 
movie. Is it divisive? <laughs> yeah. Because, well, first of all, a lot of people are saying, a lot of critics and just yeah. people go to see it, they're like, I didn't really like it, blah, blah. This is a movie for kids. It is. Tim and I talked about that. Like, this is geared very, very young. Mm-hmm. Adults going to see this might not have that same reaction if they were to go to see a Disney movie right. with song and dance, and they are not able to connect to it the same way. Right. So it is divisive in that way. I think, I mean, it is making good money. Right. I do not think it is going to make... It's not the blockbusters they want it. No, it def- definitely is not. Um, but Ava DuVernay, <laughs> people still have a lot of faith in her. They love what she is doing. She was announced to direct the New Gods movie. Okay. My my fear. So first, New Gods. You have you have heard mention of them in some of the movies so far, Batman vs Superman, Justice League. What what world is this going to take place in? And again, I just have no faith. And unfortunately, take place in apocalypse. I don't know. But even I mean, okay. So, and if they were smart, they could be like, okay, Steppenwolf. Dark side, apocalypse, new gods, connected, boom, there. I have no faith in that. And no. unfortunately, I think that even though they announced it right now, you don't think it Aver DuVernay is not directing that movie. You don't think a movie happens? No. I think it I think it will be ideas. I think we'll go through a lot of script changes. I think she will leave the project because she is going to get so many other projects optioned to her. And if you get those while this other thing is like Oh, we're going to do another draft. We're going to do this. Like she needs to come in and just do the movie. Mm-hmm. Nobody has a plan. Yeah, there's no plan. That's the, I, mean, I think that's the thing that's going to be that she's up against is yeah. like you're going someplace <clears throat> and probably if she's talking to her boy, Ron Coogler, and she's like, oh, there's a plan over there. And she's talking to Coogler DC, knows DC's like, yeah, Coogler, really Coogler knows things that are going to be happening the next couple phases. I'm sure yeah. because they're like, Hey, let me loop you in so you can tie in this and this. Nobody's having those conversations with Ava. I mean, <laughs> like, because they just do not exist. They, not like, like they don't exist. Yeah. Not that the one's intentionally not having the conversation. No, there's, no. Just, there's not a plan. It's like, okay, this Aquaman <clears throat> movie is going to do this. Then the Flashpoint yeah. is this. Then Suicide Squad 2. Then- I, and I get DC trying to make a big splash. And look, we're, we're hiring Ava DuVernay. And mm-hmm. it's diversity. And it's a woman. It's a woman of color. And she's going to yep. tell this cool story. And I get that they're trying to like grab some headlines, which is which is what we've seen them do. Of course, right? Oh, uh, Scorsese is going to do a Joker film with DiCaprio. That was the storyline. Yeah. Like all these things pop up in DC. Like, look at what we're doing. It's really cool and new and fresh, and they never come to fruition. So yeah. this will be another thing I think that doesn't really pan out. At some point, it, they'll leave for quote unquote, um, you know, creative differences. Creative, creative differences. Yeah, that'll be the thing. Like Ricky Ricky Fumagia when he left, when he was supposed to do the Flash. I was ex- and I was excited. I was excited for, that. for like, his flash. That was going to be great. Uh, nope. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. And, and the new gods is such a complex and layered, and it's such a story. deep cut for like. There's a lot of other cool DCs. <laughs> so, I'd rather you'd be better off letting her do a Batgirl movie or or Wonder Woman too. Even though Patty Jenkins yeah, is, is going like, to do great with that, but something a Booster Gold story or something. Something more <laughs> recognizable. Yeah, no, Booster Gold not recognizable. But you know what I mean. Or yeah. Let her do a Green Lantern story. Right? With Jon Stewart. With Jon Stewart. Let her, yes. A grounded... If she was doing a grounded Green Lantern story with a Jon Stewart, um, that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. But... Not going to happen. No, <laughs> so, but happen. I mean, I just... I would love to see the new gods in real life. Seeing Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, Big Barda. There's no... Bug, there's like, no... It would be... It would be... I just... I would love to see it, but unfortunately, being that Jack Kirby created 
the fourth world yeah. and the new gods and everything. Thor Ragnarok is so much love for Jack Kirby yeah. in every, almost every shot of that movie, yeah. especially with the Grandmaster and Loki. Yeah. They're not going to be able to recreate that on the scale that I think it should be because I just do not think they are. I don't know if they know how to make those kind of movies. Yeah. Yeah. With, with color yeah. and with happiness. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. A dark fire and apocalypse and, you know, you-, you know, listen, <laughs> I mean, okay, let's say they go for it. And, okay. And Ava has this amazing vision for the story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people care enough. No. about the new gods to want to watch it people Especially like separate from these other heroes that they haven't really no. established people like me and people who love you know like those deep cut comics and yeah. like who can recognize the work absolutely you think about the amount of money it's gonna the amount of money it would take to make this look oh God. fire it's uh, 200 million on new gen on Genes- yeah, new genesis it's about 200 like, easy easy yeah it needs on the to low be wakanda end. in space yeah it's like 200 easy on the low end yeah how do you recoup that with, with such a with small, new gods. yeah, with a small niche <laughs> amount of people who were like, "Oh yeah, I know who they are." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that that yeah. Good well, luck to Ava, man. Hopefully, she finds a project <laughs> that she feels attached to. Yeah, that's, uh, not, that's not new gods or no. DC. They really just need a person. They need a guy who's yep. just like, "Oh no, that's not working. This is working. This is our plan." That's it's weird that they they push up against it every at every turn. Meanwhile, every like. Black Panther, it's still number one at the box office. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science. Yeah, it's, really, it's not. It's have, not a, have a plan. It's not trust the directors. And it's going to happen again with with Infinity War. Oh, all of the money. It's going to happen again. All of the, it reminds in me. In a month. To tie back to Emerald City Comic Con yeah. with Image Comics. Yeah. Those creators can go up to the CEOs, like people at Image, yeah. be like, hey, this is my idea. Yeah. This is the artist I want to bring on. This is the editor I want to yeah. bring on. And they're like, cool. Boom. Stamp of approval. Run with it. Yeah. But Mark. once you get, like, it's not a, it's not an immediate stamp of approval. Oh, of course. But once you get that stamp of approval, what what they were saying, I think it was was it Donnie, uh, Donnie Cake, Donnie Cake saying it. Yeah. yeah. But once you get that stamp, it's kind of all right, cool. Yeah. That. Their hands off. Like Kevin Feige, once they bring in Coogler, once they're like, all right, so you want to do this, this, this needs to be tied in here, here, here. Go for it. Yeah. And he will send them dailies and you know make sure that things yeah. are still going the right direction. I remember but, hearing that about the Netflix show when they were doing Luke Cage and uh, right. The showrunner for that was like, yeah, I had all these ideas. And they're like, yeah, if you can make it fit in this thing we're doing, cool. And he was like, what? And they're like, yeah. And uh, so, Cheo? Yeah, Cheo, Cheo was saying that yeah. in a, on, a, on, the, on the Combat Jack show, Rest in Peace Combat. But mm-hmm. when he was on Combat Jack before before we'd even seen Luke Cage, he mm-hmm. was saying that. like He thought it was going to be real. They are going to press him about like what was in the show. Nope. And they were like, nah. If it, if it fits, here's what we need. Here's mm-hmm. some skeletons. It reminds me of like improv. We leave something like, like Curb Enthusiasm. Okay. Like in the scene, Larry needs to get in a fight over a banana, and then Leon comes in and argues about a date. Now, what happens in between those moments <laughs> right. is up to you. But we <laughs> but need it needs to go here. To yeah, here we to need. Here. Yeah, we need these pieces. And if you can do that and be funny, then it works. Yep. And it, se- it seems like that's what's happening with a lot of these Marvel projects. It's like if you can do it within these constructs, and it, it's it's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Not everything's not everything's not going to be Black Panther or Civil yeah. War or whatever, which is um, is fine. It's fine. But you so sometimes you'll get to throw Ragnarok that surprises you, and you're like, that's blew incredible. everybody yeah. out of the water. Yeah, that's and that comes from Taika and, and his ideas and his humor. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's his. If you've ever seen any of his movies, like that's his humor. Like just. In a Thor film, like he recognized yeah. that Chris Hemsworth is really funny, and like let him be funny, mm-hmm. let him be like this funny straight man. Like that yeah. scene when he's t- the scene that really cracked me up is when he's talking to Bruce Banner, 
after he's no longer Hulk. Oh, right. And he's talking about, you just want the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, uh, kind of. Like, it's this weird, funny, like, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the Grandmaster. Wait, we fought? Who yeah. won? He was like, oh, I definitely <laughs> yeah. won. That doesn't sound right. Oh, it was. Yeah. You know? That's fun. That, that's, but that's talking. If you ever watch yeah. any of his movies, that's it. And Chris um, Hemsworth, like, Hemsworth is funny. does not get the props that he deserves. Like, the he's, dude is funny. He's funny. Like, he, he gets he's really it. funny. So. Yeah. Good luck, Ava. So, Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, DC. Yeah. Transitioning out of DC and whatever they are doing yeah. over the next couple years into a studio that knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah. The Infinity War trailer dropped recently. It did. It did. My wow. goodness. <laughs> wow. You know what I like about the trailer? Please tell me. They still haven't showed us much. Nope. Kind of the same <laughs> stuff. A little bit of fighting, a little bit of, oh, here's a little more of the way Riders coming in to fight. Mm-hmm. They're jumping on the Hulkbuster. Yes. Yeah here's you know people showing up on Wakanda something we knew was already happening mm-hmm. that's it oh the yeah. sep- the, here's Thanos about to kill Captain America that's fine yeah one thing when I was reading about it uh, that they were talking about it seems like they're going to make Thanos more of more basically more likable yeah as opposed to the mad titan that he was in the comics yeah anybody, was, in anybody? the comics he was trying to impress Mistress Death right yeah, yeah. and he destroyed Six million people with literally the snap of his fingers. It's what we do for love. I get it. Right? This what we do for love. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to make him from more relatable and like more of this like tortured soul. Yeah. Like his planet was destroyed and he's like, I don't want to see this happen again. And I need to balance the universe. It's too many. It's expanding. Yeah. So uh, I, let's I, destroy I can, half the universe. Yeah. So I can understand that. But there's something about the mad Titan. Somebody who cannot be reasoned with is immovable. As far as his goals, which is to destroy people to appease his girl. But I mean, yeah. you can still have that, but his motivations are different. You can still have a guy who's immovable, who's sort of on a mission, mm-hmm. but his his reasoning is different. I think the Mad Titan aspect of his personality is still there. I think his reasoning for what he's doing is going to be the thing that's different. And you yeah. make him, right? Because we're all not just, like, evil people aren't just 100% evil. Like, there's something mm-hmm. in him. And I think we all relate to that. There's something in him that's still lovable. It's still likable. He clearly cares for Gamora on some level, even if his or motive, at least did, you know, he who does. Knows, who knows what the relationship he, he, is now? <laughs> he, he does. And I think he's hurt by what she did because he cares. Okay. Like that hurt. Mm-hmm. Cause he cares. Cause she, she pretty much, you know, turned turned her back on him and, and deceived him. And that hurt him because he cares so much about her. I think that's, even if he's twisted, even if his in his brain and in, in his he believes he's doing the right thing, right? Even in sort of the bars you hear during the trailer, you feel like, oh, this guy clearly feels like he's he's helping. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help, <laughs> and in my help, I'm going to kill a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But he said, "Half you man, half you man is going to survive." Well, just, and he's you know. talking to someone saying, "I hope they remember you." Mm-hmm. That's uh, was that when he was. T- oh, we don't know. Yeah, we don't it, know is, yeah it is overlaid when it was showing Iron Man. He's but, talking to someone, mm-hmm. but he's saying, "I hope they remember you." And that's a bit of compassion mm-hmm. in the fact that he probably just murdered somebody. Yeah, guaranteed. Um, I think a lot of people die. I think, but I think they you know use the reality stone and time stone to reverse a lot of it. But I think we're yeah. going to see a lot of like murder mm-hmm. and death, and it ends on it. It ends with him having the stones, and I think it ends in a different reality. What Interesting, yeah. I think it Which I mean, different. because I have faith in Marvel. Yeah. If they were to do that, yeah. so that they could keep the younger people that they have been bringing in, Tom Holland, you know, Spider-Man, Chadwick, Chadwick, uh, Shuri, of course. 
um captain marvel captain marvel spider-man all that yeah, yeah yeah so i mean it would be i have faith be smart the, the biggest thing is watching this thing watching this trailer i i'm not sure where they're going but i i trust it yeah it'll be fine it, so, it looked really good it looks incredible one of my favorite moments in the trailer thanos is basically trying to crush cap and you see, like, what I liked is the size yeah. of Thanos. You see Captain America holding back his hand. One hand is on one finger. Mm-hmm. And so he has both of his hands up, like, and you see Thanos' face, like, really? Like, you think you're going to stop? This is my hand. I can crush it. And, the, and you see Captain America just, like, straining, holding two fingers of this giant. Cap's going to die. 100%. Cap's out of here. 100%. He's going to die brutal death the first person ooh. so i know who or not i know who who do you think is going to be the first character to die hawkeye no first person to die pepper Potts. how pepper Potts. so this is this is what i am thinking so thanos comes down or some of thanos's soldiers Mm -hmm. you know come down dr strange and iron man are off somewhere else possibly another dimension they ported somewhere she realizes that they're being attacked. She puts on the armor, whether it is a Hulkbuster, whether it is her, what was her, uh, uh, what was her rescue one that was, what was it called? Heart, Ironheart, mm-hmm. something like that. So she will put on an armor, try and go up against these soldiers. She will die, like just die. Mm-hmm. So I think that is early on. Hawkeye, <laughs> Hawkeye gets no love. I don't know because because when we're seeing Tony. He seems very composed in these moments. And I think once she dies, I don't think he's composed. He seems very much like, we got to go get this guy. He seems very composed. I don't know if he's that composed if she dies. I uh, I still think she is first. But, I mean, Hawkeye. Hawkeye probably bites it first. Jeremy Renner. <clears throat> I mean, respect to you, buddy, but nobody cares. I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's, nobody cares. And also, I think the deaths <laughs> we're seeing are going to not be necessarily permanent. Not all of them. But he yeah. said some people will be permanent deaths. Oh, yeah. And they need to be. Because just like in the comics, when you build and build and build and all these characters are existing in the right. same universe, New York gets real crowded. <laughs> do, do you think they're going to do the whole storyline where Doctor Strange is sort of helping out Thanos unwillingly? He's not aware. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doctor Strange is still so new to being Sorcerer Supreme. He is going to get some messages from something. No, no. He gets the, the children of Thanos. They grab him and they... Oh, I was thinking that unbeknownst to him but uh, yeah i mean in one of the scenes you see one of the black order i can't remember his name torturing him yeah and being like but in the comics he gets thanos i mean gets dr strange to help thanos mm-hmm. he well, bra- kind of like use a sorcery to brainwash him yeah well he, in the so comics he doesn't know what he's doing mephisto who played a big part yeah they cannot do that yeah but they can do this i think so i think we'll see him unwillingly being a part and helping Thanos retrieve some of the stones. He does. He's not aware he's doing it. And I think yeah. that I would also like is we haven't seen much of the th- children of Thanos, but it sounds like they're a huge part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be wrecking shop. I love, I yeah. love the fact that they've shown us stuff and enough to like what our appetites, but like, yeah, we still don't know. I also think Captain Marvel might show up. I think if she does, it will be a post credits. I don't know. I don't know about that because the, the Captain Marvel movie, which comes out later this year, right. wait, is it, uh, is it this year early 2019 mm-hmm. it is it is on track like they're already filming it and everything yeah. that movie is going to take place in the 80s right. so if they what they she uh, was also on set though see what i was going to say is they if they were to jump to her being 
Miss Marvel, I, like, because I think we are going to see a Miss Marvel and a Captain Marvel. Whether she Brie Larson changes costumes at some point, if they could incorporate something like that, just give people a little bit of a taste and be like, "Oh, that is who the next movie yeah. is," or something. I think she could. She was on set doing some oh, stuff. Yeah. I, I, so. Everybody who has been in a Marvel movie, you know, except Terrence Howard, um, <laughs> it was. I mean, like that huge. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, I know. She was on like, set, set, like on set, and was like, "I'm new to this." Yeah, so I think everybody is in it with the Hulk. So, yeah, that's the thing that happened. So I think she pops up. And they did say that Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to tie into this because that was another thing that people had no idea how that is going to happen. Yeah, well, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fascinating. I'm excited. I'm glad we're not getting any more trailers. Mm-hmm. We've got about a month or so. Yeah, a bit over a April month. 27th. Yeah. What else is around April 27th that is an important date in My the world? My birthday, the 23rd. Oh. The 23rd of April. <laughs> Uh, gonna have Damon on some Rasta horns right there, uh, <laughs> right down the time. <laughs> yeah, so it'll it'll be straight. Yeah, no, that is a, good, a happy a birthday, birthday to you. Yeah, because they're like, you know what, for Tim's birthday, we're gonna bump this I, up. I, I gotta thank Kevin Feige. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Cool. So that was the geek news uh, section. Moving on to the movie reviews. Yay! So, first movie, uh, Itzhak, mm-hmm. which is a documentary about Itzhak Perlman, legendary violinist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw this as part of the Seattle Jewish Film Festival. This documentary, so I grew up watching Itzhak Perlman both on PBS mm-hmm. and on Sesame Street, which is yep. granted on That's PBS as well. I grew up with his music mm-hmm. and I have followed his music. He did an album with Yo-Yo Ma that was incredible. Most people will know Itzhak and even talked about it in the documentary and they were like, play something. Schindler's List. Yeah. That beautiful, haunting melody mm-hmm. from Schindler's List. That, like just hearing it. If you have seen the movie, just punches you in the heart. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was about his his life. You know, being born in Tel Aviv, being on the Ed Sullivan show when he was, I think, like eight year or uh, twelve years old. Incredible. Okay. So it tracked his life from there to now, and kind of what he is doing. He has had polio his entire life, and growing up where he did, when he did, that that was not. <laughs> It was just, it was tough. It's tough. I mean, even when you look at kids in America who had polio, you know, in the thirties and forties. I'm so glad I missed polio, man. Like <clears throat> it was, it was rough. So like Forrest Gump, yeah. you know, things like that. So you take somebody, a kid who cannot play sports, cannot do anything like that. His avenue was music. Mm-hmm. It tracked this passion for music that his parents were like, you need to be doing this. All right. Like this is something as soon as you, as soon as he touched a violin, he talked about that was the sound that he had been hearing in his head. Mm-hmm. It was not a piano. It was not a flute. As soon as he started playing the violin, he realized the music he heard in his head, that was the sound. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. Like when yeah. you talk about natural innate talent, that's a gift. It was, it was pretty incredible. Uh, he has been living in New York for a long time. So like the part of the movie where like he went out to the Mets uh, you know, and play the national anthem. And it was just a beautiful documentary okay. about this fascinating person. Okay. Um, one thing that was interesting is, so it was directed by uh, Alison Chernick. This was one of the first documentaries I have seen in a while that used clips from other documentaries. I've seen that before. Yeah. And like, I just, you don't see it very often, <laughs> yeah. but I like that because that means she reached out to them and was like, Hey, we're doing a new 
it's Doc Perlman documentary. One of them was from like the seventies, like when he was first living in New York in this tiny little apartment <laughs> to where he is now, like a global music icon. Right. Uh, that was just, that was cool. I liked seeing other documentaries, other styles mixed in with this. Mm-hmm. The ability that he has mm-hmm. to basically not upstage anybody, but he was playing a show with um, Billy Joel. Yeah. And it's like, was like, okay, so on this part, you know, what if I did this and this and the drums came in there and you're just like a Billy Joel and he was like, okay, like, sure. Like the, Billy Joel is somebody who has every music accolade, mm-hmm. still does sellout shows all the time. But when a legend comes on your stage, even though he is playing a violin and has a classical background, you are going to listen to him. Yeah. So yeah, it's really cool. The focus on his wife, Toby, who they have been together forever. They met at a music school and they were like 15. Wow. Uh, when he was going by Isaac and not Itzhak <laughs> because of time and place of everything. Yeah. That was just cool. She talked about how they dated for a while mm-hmm. and then he moved on. He like broke up with her, started dating another girl. The whole time she was in love with him, he came back to her and they've been together ever since. That's a beautiful story. Beautiful love story. So just like when I talked about Maktoub last mm-hmm. weekend, or last week, if you can see this movie, like it is doing a festival circuit, this will probably go on like, you know, PBS masters, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. So you will be able to see this documentary somewhere soon. Yeah. Uh, it is having a premiere in like New York. So they're, they're going to be rolling this out. This will be a documentary that you can find pretty easily. It'll probably be on some streaming platform. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So the rating guide, <clears throat> or rating guide, the, the rating, rating, the rating system, system for this podcast yeah. after episode 100, you know, guide, whatever, rating system for the podcast, there are three choices, good, bad, or ugly. No stars, no letters, good film was something you would recommend to somebody, a bad film you did not really hate, it was just kind of there, right. it did not fulfill you in any way whatsoever, ugly movie, avoid at all costs, Itzhak, which I saw at the Seattle Jewish Film Festival, absolutely gets good, solid documentary. It was awesome seeing clips of him that I remember watching yeah. when I was a kid. Uh, is, is the festival over? Yeah, it ran. Well, yes and no. It ran from the 10th to the 18th, mm-hmm. but then it has another weekend in April. Uh, really cool festival. Where, where are they showing them at? Where are the films at? Uh, both at AMC Pacific Place, yeah. at Sif Uptown, okay. Mercer Island, at the Strom Jewish Community yeah, Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all over the place. Gotcha. So they really started expanding. So there's another weekend in April. Yeah. Okay, cool. And yeah, so I'll put a link to that below. One of the fascinating things about going to so many festivals in Seattle, so many diverse festivals, it serves as a reminder where it is important to view certain movies around certain groups because then you understand. When watching movies at the Seattle Jewish Film Festival around a bunch of Jewish people, a bunch of people either from Israel, a bunch of Seattle people, who watch like hearing their reactions to things on screen is just different mm-hmm. than when you go to see a regular movie. Right. So when we saw Girls Trip, yeah, last year, it was one of the rare screenings in Seattle where it was like seventy percent black, black women, black women, <laughs> black Woo! women. So the hollering, the laughing, like yeah. it is important to see certain movies with certain groups right. because you get a different appreciation for it. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah, so Seattle Jewish Film Festival, check them out uh, below. Next movie is a movie that uh, Tim and I both saw and we both interviewed. Yes, uh, we Parts did. of the cast. 
Nick Robinson and Alexandra Ship, as well as the director Greg Berlanti. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, how about you set up Love Simon? Love Simon is a coming of age story about a young kid named Simon who is a senior in high school and going through all the stuff seniors go through. Yep. <laughs> and he has a big secret, which is he's gay. Nobody knows, and he ends up sort of being blackmailed by another student mm-hmm. uh, in order to keep his secret, and that's the story. Mm-hmm. This this genre yeah. is not really my cup of tea normally. Coming of age movies? Coming of age movies. What's wrong or, with you? What, you didn't grow up in the 80s? That's all we had. Uh, right. Or like <clears throat> teen drama movies, which is funny because I watch all of the CW shows, yeah. which are all teen drama, even if they're like 30 years old. Absolutely. Um, so this movie did not immediately kind of grab my attention. Uh-huh. One, of, one of the movies in the same genre that I did really gravitate towards that turned out to be fantastic was Lady Bird. I really enjoyed Lady Bird way more than I thought. Mm-hmm. So with Love, Simon, I was like, it's like, okay, teen drama, romance. I will go into it with just kind of an open mind. So with that, being that it was, you know, high schoolers, mm-hmm. it worked. Like all of the performances were solid. And I think that is where a lot of these can just fail. Is if the performances are not good. There's in a the lot film. of really good Kung of Age films, though. Like a lot of really good ones. I don't think you're watching them. There's a Re- lot of really good recent ones. ones. Yes. Like what? Um, Nick Robinson was one one called Kings of Summer. De- definitely did not see that. Great movie. Um, I saw Forty Days of Summer. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> Kings of Summer is great. Uh, also, there's one. What's the name of that movie? It had um, um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Based on a book, yeah, I did not see that. Great movie, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like it, um, grow, spectacular. Up, now it's no, a great movie. No, got got my man Miles Teller in it, and what's okay. his face, uh, Shailene Woodley. Um, Fault in Our Stars. No, wait, was that the Cancer Boy, or is that Cancer Girl and Cancer Boy? Oh, they both. Oh, they both did did have cancer. Okay, yeah, he was had some sort of disease. Great movie. Yeah, I just. I, so you should it, give them a shot. It is not a yeah. So it is not a genre that I gravitate towards. Right. That being said, I have seen some good ones, and definitely growing up in the eighties and nineties when everything, my girl, my to this girl, day, oh gosh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yeah, The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. um, all that. Yeah. So I mean, I definitely grew up watching them. Yeah. They, <clears throat> just as an adult, not really a genre that I gravitate towards. But Got with it. Love Simon, Love Simon. Uh, so Nick Robinson, you know, plays Simon Spear. Mm-hmm. Again, just kind of going through his life, there is kind of like a post secrets style website. Yeah, in this high school, some sort of anonymous blog people post stuff on. Yeah, and there's a letter from a kid who says, "I'm pretty much living with the secret, and no one knows." And so then Simon responds, and they have this correspondence, and he mm-hmm. starts sort of falling for this guy on the other end who he doesn't know who he is. Yeah, yeah, and that actually that led to some of my favorite parts of the movie as he is trying to figure out who the other person is right. on the end or on the on the on the other end of this conversation it would intercut between different people writing the messages to him as he is trying to figure it out so he would see someone and be like i wonder if you're mm-hmm. the other what, what was the name Bl- blue blue yeah. i wonder if you're blue and then he would imagine this person typing at mm-hmm. their computer as blue uh saying that. and you'd see their reactions as if they were yeah. typing it it like was, that was, was smart. Just, yeah, it was, it was smart. Was smart storytelling. And every time they showed that person, because the actor changed in those scenes, mm-hmm. 
it was blue hues all around yeah. them because again you were essentially going in simon's head yeah so that was just that was really clever um as far as the blackmailing part i mean with a lot of these teen romance and mm-hmm. coming of age ones they are formulaic i mean you have oh, yeah, 100 you know you have the same thing that happens <laughs> in a lot of them mm-hmm. but again it goes back to the performances the yeah. kid who does end up blackmailing and all of that he was a bit over the top but it made sense yeah he was funny it worked for what he was trying to do right so and greg berlanti uh, greg berlanti is awesome i i mean i joked with it when i talked to him about it the berlanti verse mm-hmm. he oversees all of the cw shows yeah. legends of tomorrow supergirl flash arrow just like we were talking about with dc mm-hmm. I do not know why DC films have not talked to people like Greg Berlanti who know how to weave multiple storylines through different I mean, shows a, and have them tie into each other a once a year. It's a different beast. It it's is. Small screen, big screen is way, it's, it's apples and oranges. So I can get why they don't. It's just apples and oranges. Yeah. You're not dealing with the same thing and you're not dealing with the big budget. You're not dealing, it's right. way higher stakes. So it just, it shows that it. with Greg Berlanti's direction and overseeing multiple shows with characters that interact, it can be done. Just DC needs to figure out how to do it in the movies. Oh, we, know it can, we know it can be done. Yeah, to trust a person or a couple people with that. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Alexander Ship and some of the other side characters in the film? Other they, were, than- they were really strong characters. I think Alexander Ship's character sort of being this girl trying to find her way. who She's new to the school mm-hmm. and sort of a friend to Simon was good. Um his really his best friends in the movie she was really good uh, the other guy who was there was really good i forgot his name but yeah they were they were all it was a, it was a strong cast of young actors sort of telling a story and, and making it relatable because even for me like that's not my lived experience like right. being a closeted gay kid in high school but what i can relate to is sort of that unrequited love for someone who doesn't know who you are or mm-hmm. you know you're not really engaging you're not really talking this, to this is a safe space tim no but you can talk about for it real. like yeah. but i mean who hasn't dealt with that like yeah. i have a crush on somebody in school or whatever and mm-hmm. i don't know what to tell them or i don't know how to tell them yeah um that part i can relate to and i thought that was the way they wove it in, it's definitely a story about a young gay kid, but if even if you're not uh, part of the LGBTQ community, there's there's a lot you can relate to in Simon's story. Um, the, 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 what I liked the most about it was his family, his little sister, yeah. his mom and his dad. Like, I thought that was really cool to sort of see Simon at home and see how he interacts with his family. Uh, pre them knowing he's gay and post them knowing about, you know, his lifestyle and it was smart. It was smart and brilliant, and, and there's a really touching scene with him and his dad in the driveway. Um, I, I liked that because good. a lot of parents, yes, we would love to think that they are supportive and they know what to say and when to say it. That is not reality. And so when you see this conversation with his dad, and his dad is like he is trying, he's but trying, still does not quite get it. And then finally, like almost kind of says, "I I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you." Right. That's kind of all people need in any situation, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was cool. <laughs> it, was well, um, it was a well-done story. Funny and What's-His-Face shows up. Uh, Tony Hale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's hilarious. <laughs> the, I mean, the side people He's in this funny. movie that I, that I was not expecting. He was really funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, who was the... Uh, and then it, the, the movie, it'll speak to some kid. It'll, it'll be a movie some kid looks at years from now, and it's like, that's a movie that spoke to me, and that's important. Yeah. Uh, Natasha Rothwell. <clears throat> yeah. The music teacher. Yeah, she was good. She had my heart because again, 
you and I both spent a lot of time in theater yeah. when we were younger. Watching her <laughs> just deal with these kids. It's a terrible put, performance. Put together this musical that is just wow. awful. And she was like, well, this school told me that if anybody tried out, they I had to give them a part. So yeah. here we go. We're going to put this together. Right. She's really funny. She was great. And like, again, I just, I related to that because I was like, okay, just like you. Mrs. Albright. Yeah. Miss Albright. <laughs> Mrs. Albright. Yeah. yeah. So th- those things were great and it felt real. It felt genuine. It felt like, again, if you have been a part of mm-hmm. things like that in high school, mm-hmm. it was, it, it was real. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. yep cool. Yep. Uh, to the rating system, what do you give? Love, Simon, directed by Greg Berlanti. It's good. It's a, it's a perfect coming of age. Not perfect. It's a very good coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get more of them, more coming of age stories with these. And I think the, the young actors are getting much better. Um, so Nick Robinson's really good. So yep. is Alexander Ship. So these, the talent crop is better. So these stories are better. Um, you're getting more people telling these stories, mm-hmm. and telling different types of stories, different versions of these coming of age love stories. So it's good. It's it's a solid movie. Yeah. And Greg Berlanti talked about how one of the reasons he was drawn to this project yeah. is that he wished this movie existed when he was th- that age. Yeah. So yeah, these are, these stories are important. Yeah. So like I wish I had a movie like Dope when I was growing up. Right. Would have yeah, been helpful. Was, talk about a movie that was totally underappreciated the year it came out. Really like good movie. It, when it went so far into the radar yeah that was a great movie yeah I um, think the, the, yeah people didn't like some of the themes in it i enjoyed it yeah i thought it was great yeah, it was great um so my re- <clears throat> my official rating for love simon is also a good even though it's not a genre that really speaks to me yeah there were parts of it that i absolutely connected with uh and yeah the performances were great so yeah. love simon Next movie, Seven Days in Entebbe. Yeah. Which... Some you, hostage movie. You chose not to see. Oh, yeah, I did. I did chose not to see it. Yeah. That's okay. Why, why? Why? I just... Why do you hate Dan Rule? No, I love Dan Rule. I just <laughs> didn't have the time. Yeah. Uh, like we like Tim and I have talked about on previous episodes, coming into spring... Yeah. Oof. Yeah, Infinity Wars kind of pushed everything up, so that's, yeah. that's some fun. They're really... like they're really busy next couple of weeks. Throwing stuff at us <laughs> yeah. like crazy. So, Seven Days in Entebbe... Uh, Talks or tells the story. Is it a true story? Yeah. Okay. Based true off sto- a true story. Based on a true story. Of the 1976 hijacking of an Air France flight en route to Tel Aviv to Paris. There were a lot of hijackings. I had no idea. Like it's a the, thing. When I was doing research after I watched it and I was like, how was this? It was a thing. I mean, that I was I mean, crazy. think about I mean, that's why we have the air support security we have now. <laughs> it's true. It was, a, it was a thing. People were yeah. hijacking planes like it was nobody's business. That was crazy. So it was hijacked by a few people. Uh, two Germans and then a group of uh, anti-Israel mm-hmm. uh, supporters. They go, they hijack the plane. They end up in central Uganda. Wow. With Idi Amin. Idi Amin. What a guy's a character. <laughs> if you want to watch a movie about Idi Amin that is brutal and heartbreaking, uh, The Last King of Scotland yeah. with Forrest Whitaker. And Kerry Washington. Man. Kerry <clears throat> Washington's in that. It's a good movie. Of course you remember. Yeah, I don't know. I remember, like, that's yeah. who else was in it. Like, it was... Yeah. So, they get, as soon as they land in Uganda... So this is a hijacking story that our generation... When did we ever learn about this? When would we have? But the people around at that time, this was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So, on the plane, you had French passengers. You had people from uh, Israel. You just... This multicultural... The United Nations people. In right. The- all while they want to take these hostages and go against Israel. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Itzhak Rabin, who was the prime minister at that time. So this is a really interesting, tense thriller of a real story that I did not know about. And they did a really smart way. And I talk about this all the time with biopics for people like us who were not around. Mm -hmm. Show us real clips, show us real people. And they did a smart way of incorporating that into the movie, whether it was newsreels or things that were like, okay, I'm watching a movie, but this was happening on a global scale. There was Walter Cronkite talking about it. Uh, The guy who played Idi Amin, he was the same one from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that guy who used to run around with, with Khaleesi. Yeah. Yep. He he nailed it in the sense of it reminds me. Looks like him. Looks. I mean, he is giant. Yeah, yeah he was a big dude. And that kind of charisma that Idi Amin had, especially on a public stage when the cameras were around, and he was like, "Oh, of course, we'll release some hostages. You know, we'll do this." And mm-hmm. where behind the scenes, Idi Amin was a monster. Yeah, like absolute monster. But like a lot of monsters, really charismatic. <laughs> yeah, very charismatic. Uh, but the film stars. Daniel Bruhl and Rosamund Pike. Yeah. Daniel Bruhl, I've talked about him before. Captivating. Every time I see a trailer with him in it, it gets me interested to see the movie. Well, you still haven't seen Rush, have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rush was solid. Yeah. Like that was actually my first exposure to him. Yeah. Um, so this hostage situation is taking place in central Uganda. At that point, Israel... And it's like Rabin, they're like, we need to negotiate. His minister of defense is like, no, we need to go control the situation. Mm-hmm. And we need to send commandos and all of this. So this political intrigue right. that was going on between people who are like, they want the same thing. They want people to be safe. Mm-hmm. But how do you do that? Do you do it right. through force or peace? Gotcha. So it was really well done. Uh, one thing that I liked is that there were intercuts. One of the stories that they kind of had to make up to make these biopics kind of have more synergy is there was a young man and his girlfriend. She is part of the Batsheva Dance Company. And that was led by Ohad Naharin. Awesome documentary from last year called Mr. Gaga that mm-hmm. I saw at Northwest Film Forum. Mm-hmm. So it has this dance company based in Israel that counterplays and is a juxtaposition to everything that is going on in the hostage mm-hmm. situation. Really, really clever, smart way to incorporate a national art movement that was going on in Israel at the time to this hostage situation. So I like that mainly because watching it, if I did not know that this modern dance company was doing all these things at that time, I would wonder kind of why it was there. I had a different appreciation for it because I actually knew the source material. Do you think normal people might not know? <clears throat> probably not it just seems like a why are you doing this part yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems like a thrown in storyline that she is a dancer <clears throat> yeah but kind of who cares right as opposed to it being a true part of that story in that time in israel gotcha so but yeah i recommend people definitely go check out mr gaga from last year uh one other interesting thing at the very end mm-hmm. it ends with a fantastic action set piece and actually the director uh you might know it. so it was jose padilla mm-hmm uh what did he do he did like the elite squad movies did you see those are like big swat team action Mm -hmm. set pieces so action set piece at the end super tense juxtaposed by the dance huge things going off explosions all that it ends with the newsreel footage and the credits are completely silent Mm -hmm. 
and it kind of forced you to sit there and process what you just watched. That was a definitive choice that they made because they had music throughout and they had the modern dance company and all of that. As soon as it ends and it shows you what really happened Mm -hmm. and gives you the names and the pictures and some recap. Yeah. Silence. Okay. And so all of us are just kind of sitting there being like, okay, that just happened. So powerful stuff. It was kind of plotting in some parts. It was a little bit slow. Uh, But overall, my rating for it is, is good. Okay. For seven days in Entebbe, starring the incredible Daniel Bruhl, who seriously anything he is in, I will watch. Um, who's this movie for? I think this movie is for people who like political intrigue and want to know a little bit more about global events that happened before they were born. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the action is good in it. It is a tense thriller, so it is not a Jack Ryan style movie. Right. But yeah, it is solid. Okay. Uh, last movie. Last movie. The the movie that already had a lot going against it because it is a video game adaptation movie. Yeah. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Do you want to set this one up? Uh, it is a reboot <laughs> of the Tomb Raider franchise. What? We had one in 2003. Three, I want to say. Yeah. And then we had the second, a sequel that wasn't as good. No. And then we had another, really, a third one that was like done by somebody else. Like it looked like a student film. It's really bad. Wait, what? Yeah. How have I not seen that? Because it's terrible. Exactly. Why have I not yeah, seen it's, that? It's terrible. Uh, they had that. But yeah, so it's a reboot of Tomb Raider starring Alicia Vikander. Academy mm-hmm. Award winner. Alicia Academy Award. You got to put some respect on her uh, name. Academy Award winner Alicia Vikander, uh, who maybe p- people know from Ex, Ex Machina. Machina. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that she won the Oscar for was the da- Danish Girl. Danish Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in the last Bourne movie. Um, oh, yeah, a, she was. She's a familiar face. Yeah. See, when she plays Laura Croft, in this version of Laura Croft, she is living on her own when we meet her. She's mm-hmm. a, a delivery girl on a bike. Uh, a bike messenger. Yeah, yeah <laughs> not 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 living off her dad's inheritance, not living in the Croft mansion. Mm-hmm. And she's told... By choice. By choice. Mm-hmm. She's told that she has to sign over these papers or else going to lose the mansion. How will her dad feel? Because her dad's been missing for seven years. No one knows where he's at. So when she signs the papers, she finds this gift he left her that's a key... Mm-hmm. Um, so then she finds the secret place here. He was working, and he was more than just a businessman. And mm-hmm. He has his whole other life, and it's it's one of my favorite movie tropes, which is the camcorder works after seven years, Love just it. sitting there dusty, <laughs> and she turns it on, it just plays. There's no you don't have to plug it in or nothing. Annihilation. Yeah. Not only does it work, it works in the middle of a weird space and yeah. time dilation yeah. bubble. It's, it's it's like the the movies when people. Uh, it's like that movie Faster where The Rock is in prison for a grip. He comes home and like pulls a tarp off the car and it just starts up. Like that doesn't happen in no. real life, you guys. Come on. <laughs> no. So anyway, she turns on this camera and the camera is a, 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 it's a, it's a device used to sort of like a plot dump. Here's yeah. what's happening. Her dad tells her there's this group a journal. Called, yeah, yeah. This group called Trinity and they're trying to take over the world by accessing this this queen Homiko or something. Homiko, yeah. Who has who has possessed some power. They want to like weaponize it and to destroy all of his work. She realizes like, well, this is his last known through maps. This is where he was last at. Mm-hmm. And so let me go find him. So on her trek to find him, she runs into uh what's his name? What's the guy's name? Lou Ren. Oh yeah. Lou Played Ren. by uh what was it Dominic West? No, Dominic West is her dad. Oh, or not Dominic West. Uh Daniel Wu. Daniel Wu. Shout out to Daniel Wu. Daniel Do you know Wu. why? Why shout out Daniel? University of Oregon. 
<laughs> he was one of the founders of the Wushu Club at the University of Oregon. Daniel Wu. Uh, so, yeah, legitimate martial artist. Did like, not let him do a lot of martial arts stuff. I'm very nope. disappointed in that. And I was, watch Into the Badlands if yeah, you want yeah, to see he, him. He's, like, he's good on that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Daniel Wu's in there who who then goes along with her to this island off the coast of Japan to find mm-hmm. her dad. And there they find uh, a bad guy who's... A bad guy who Tim loves uh, and everything. And Jessica, Jessica as well. Walton yeah. Goggins, man, who's mm-hmm. who's who's a beast. And Man. he plays, what's the guy's name? Uh, he has a weird... Mm, Matthias. Matthias. Yeah, Matthias Vogel. Mat- Matthias. Mm-hmm. So Matthias is irritated because he's like... <laughs> what I love about Matthias or his motivations, which is like just to get home to his family. <laughs> just, yeah. He just wants to go home to his family. Like he's mm-hmm. like, look, I don't care about none of this. Like, just, let's find this tomb so I can go home. Yep. So even when I think they found it, he's like, good, I get to go home. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting on the other end of the sad phone. And I'm told I can't go home until I find it. So he's been stuck there for seven years trying to find it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's enslaved a bunch of people mm-hmm. to dig for this thing that they that they think is on the island. So when Laura Croft and Lou Wren show up, they end up against Matthias and they're trying to stop him from accessing, you know, this pure evil energy that's in this tomb. Right. Um, yeah. Super funny. And I mean, yeah, the, it's the, got every '80s trope you need. It's got the bad guy. It's got <laughs> slave labor. Mm-hmm. It's got um, the 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 cool buddy martial arts guy who doesn't do any martial arts. Right. It's got sort of like the badass hero of the story who d- defeats death every turn. Mm-hmm. He's almost died a hundred times during the oh, film. Yeah. Uh, and that was something flashbacks. that it's got flashbacks to de- it. Oh, it definitely has flashbacks. Uh, what I, I mean, speaking to the near peril yes. she faces, that was something that in the new games, yeah. which I played both of, they are phenomenal games. I got 100% on the games, every side mission, every right. People weapon. really like the new Tomb Raider game. I don't, not a gamer, so I don't They're know. They're incredible, but one of the heavy criticism, criticisms against it, yeah. she, when you die, it is brutal. Yeah. Like it is, you see spikes impaled through her chest. The camera zooms in on her face. Mm-hmm. It, it got really uncomfortable and really just odd. Yeah. Like, okay, why? Yeah. I mean, and it would be, there would be a spike trap. Like everything you see in this movie, there are spike traps. There are pitfalls in the game. If you mess up and you fall down that, like you see your bones crack, like yeah. they're not messing around in the game. Right. And there's like a 10 minute montage on YouTube of all of her deaths and like they're pretty brutal. So in this, I was concerned about that just from the trailers. Mm-mm. They put Alicia Vikander through some peril. And by yeah. that, I mean her and her stunt woman. Yeah. I mean, it is brutal, but it had the same tension as the games where right. as it was happening, you would get to a certain point and you'd be like, all right, I think this is safe. And then something would break. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let me run over here. Yeah. That would start to break over and over. And at one point, she even looks around. She was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Right before the plane breaks yeah. in half. But what I like about, um, like, when she was in these situations where they'd be on the boat and the boat's sinking mm-hmm. and crashing, like, she had to take a moment to think about, okay, what do I need to do? Yeah. I like that they sort of put that. It was like they gave her pause to figure out, okay, I got to figure out how to get out of here, how to not die. Well, I think, that, yeah, they gave her some agency. It's a little bit of like, agency to figure out what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And she was not... As much of kind of, you know, to use the term, a Mary Sue. Like, she was not yeah. great at everything. The film kind of opens with her getting beat up at a gym. She gets roughed up. She gets the, wrecked. She has to tap out. Which, I know that you, you maybe get tired, or the listeners might get tired of me talking about this. When I see martial arts in the movie that do not make sense, I have a hard time to, like, put that to the back of my head. There are so many parts of this movie where the martial arts is actually decent. The jiu-jitsu is good. 
There are other times, frequently, nothing makes sense. But it made sense that she would use martial arts. Oh, it does. Or she would use MMA. It, it made like, sense that with her size, like exactly. how she's taking on this guy, it would make sense that she would use mixed martial arts to, to do that. Yeah, except what what people use and when they use it in this movie does not make much sense. At one point, this is not really a spoiler, she gets somebody in a bulldog choke. Yeah. Basically, like think of a middle school headlock. Mm-hmm. You know, and she gets the bag back from him, whatever. She lets him go. Now suddenly he has a knife. If you are in a bulldog choke, both arms are free. If you had the knife in his pocket, she would be dead in two seconds. Well, that's a choice for him. He wasn't trying to kill her. Maybe he was embarrassed. That didn't bother me too much. Yeah. Now he's embarrassed. Now he wants to kill her. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, the speaking on the action, though, mm-hmm. fantastic. So, Roar Uthag, who, who directed this, great action set pieces there were only a couple times where the cgi made things you know that the kind of forced perspective oh like when she her parachute fall through the jungle <laughs> yeah yeah there's that and that was rough because like that happens in the game yeah and you, the sound design behind yeah. her slamming into the trees yeah. the sound design was great but like Oof. it's clearly like cgi silliness yeah. when she first jumps off of the ship which you yeah. see in the trailer I, I get it like i know why it they looks have to, cheesy you know it's fine um it was. A, do you remember the old Die Hard cabinet game in the arcade? No. Oh, so it had basically context context based action, similar to like the new game. Mm-hmm. So if you're slide, if something breaks and you're sliding down the side of a mountain, mm-hmm. you know the red square or red X will pop up on the screen. You hit the hit the button at the right time, mm-hmm. and then something else will happen. You have to hit square. This movie had those exact. Yeah. moments where like you see her kind of processing everything around yeah. her as spikes are rolling down right. this was yeah. a video game adaptation to a t yeah it was definitely the best video game adaptation we've had hands down the only one that comes close to this is the first resident evil as far as a video game adaptation that was still a decent movie right resident evil was probably i mean the, first C- one was fine. the cgi when you watch it now is yeah, rough. yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> the first one was fine yeah and then it got ridiculous <clears throat> towards the end. But to do a video game adaptation, you are already up against it. But with the comic book adaptation, with the video game adaptation, you have a script, you have a screenplay, essentially, just make the movie. That's not that's so easy to do, though. I know, obviously, which is why it's it has not, not, easy not, not really been. Because some things that work on screen or on paper don't necessarily work in a video game and it'll, those things there's not like a perfect marriage of like here's these two things ideas <laughs> right yeah because a video game isn't necessarily a good storyboard for a story it's, yep. a, it's a video game yeah and they so they took enough moments yeah from the game and put it in this yeah if the themes and the moments are there and the themes are there and the ideas are there mm-hmm. and the construction of the story is there i think that works yeah um, but trying to make it like and like, Vikander, like Vikander was great. She's good. She like, was a really good Laura Croft. Hopefully there'll be, I mean, the ending is like, woo, there's a sequel coming. The ending was my uh, least favorite part. But you know. I mean, of, of course. You know. The ending was. I don't know if they're going to get that. I don't know if they're going to get it though. I don't know if they're going to make enough money to do it. Yeah. It, it might, it might be tough. Might be tough. Cause Alicia Vikander, she might, she might have loved doing this. She was good in it. She still has an Academy Award behind her name. No, I'm, that, it's not about. I'm talking about how much money the movie made. Like she's fine; she can always cash out and do these movies. Like oh, true, true. That's not. They'll, they'll always if, be if the work studio, for her. Yeah, if the studio will have enough money and make enough money from this to then want to do. It'll be an, if one. it's successful enough to greenlight doing a sequel. Yeah, right. There's movies that are terrible that make a ton of money that get sequels. True, because it cashed out. True. <laughs> Look at Fast and Furious. 
Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. Bank, you can bankroll it. You can bankroll it. Um, there are movies that are good that just don't make enough money to do it. So it'll be interesting to see after it's run. You know, uh, it's clearly going to have a run in China. It's going to oh, yeah. have an international run thanks to Daniel Wu and mm-hmm. and it's sort of being in Japan and, and stopping in China for a bit. It'll have a run. So if that money can cash in yeah. enough, maybe we get another one. Yeah, that could I'd watch another one. I watch another. I would like absolutely it. watch another one of these. One criticism. Mm-hmm. This was one of we talked about the sound design, which oh, was, I was exceptional. About boobs, I was going to say, John, no. come on, ugh, that I hated seeing the reaction. Alicia Vikander's too small. By small, we get what you were saying, dude. I mean, she's tiny, but she works. Like, I she mean, works for for what that character is yeah. doing and the the lithe <clears throat> nature. Yeah, and I meant and, to say that, like, she's not like because uh, uh, Angela Jolie's like this gun toting yeah. <laughs> person, and she's <laughs> not that. No. She's a scrapper. She's a fighter. She's got knives and, and other things other than a, mm-hmm. a physical gun she's holding and shooting people. Yeah. That being said, there were shots of her, like, and you can watch some behind the scenes stuff, like, she got in shape. Yeah, like, she ripped. looks real good. She is ripped. Um, but sound design was great. This was one of the loudest movies I've been in in a while. It's loud. I don't even, I didn't even pick her up. It's loud, but it didn't. Like, I mean, especially like, right towards me. the, so at the end of all of our screenings, I usually sit there. I write some notes on my phone while it is fresh in my head. I had to leave the theater. Like the credits were so incredibly loud. And I was like, a theater there. thing. I don't know if that's the movie itself. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But it was just like that was crazy. Yeah, that's the theater. Um, that's the theater having, having it turned up. Yeah, and it did a great job of basically blending myth with reality. In the games, I mean, whenever she is doing these ancient tombs and mm. the legend says that this and this. And then you, just like Indiana Jones, you start to kind of see some practical things. Right. I mean, except for, you know, opening the Ark of the Covenant and there's that Nazi face melting. But, you know, there's that kind of grain of truth mm-hmm. in all of these legends. So they mm-hmm. did a good job with that. There's a jump scare. There's a grain of truth? Yeah. There's yeah. a reason that she, that Himiko was there. And there's a reason that this touch of death that it's they not kept. True. Yeah. No, it's not true in real life. Oh, well, no, I meant like in the movie, like the reality of the movie, like the myth that was surrounding it was oh, based off of something, something, a real thing, yeah, a real thing. Dang, I got it. So cool. that was clever. Like that was smart. That was a smart way to do it. So it was not the little twist. Ooh, the yeah. plot twist. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that was all of my notes for, for that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you kind of already know, but the rating, what'd mm-hmm. you give it? Uh, it was good. It was good. It's worth watching if you want to watch an action film. I don't know if people are going to run out to the theater to see it, um, yeah. but I think when people do watch it, they will be pleasantly surprised about how enjoyable the film was for mm-hmm. sort of a pretty much generic action movie that doesn't do anything new or exciting, but it's still fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I give it a good, hands down, the best video game adaptation yeah. ever. Right. Uh, if this is how they go from now on, the video game adaptation curse is is broken. No, uh, no. Uh, but they will not. No, no. It's, it's not their fault. They're just hard to adapt. It's it's difficult. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, we both gave that a good. Uh, I'm now going to set up the the, the Facebook Setting live up, thing. We're doing a live thing. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're live right now. Uh, yes. Okay, gotcha. And the the gratitude section for episode 100. So there are definitely a lot of people that are have been a part of this podcast and continue to be parts of this podcast that I would not this would not exist without them. Okay. So I have that kind of broken up into a couple different things. So you have a lot of notes. 
I mean, th- these are just names. It's uh, <laughs> like an Oscar speech. <laughs> no, some of those. I want to thank my producer. I want to thank uh, some of this was Tomb Raider. A bunch of people you don't know. Uh, so, first, um, for the person who helped out with the Amazon wish list, yeah. recently, uh, he chose to remain anonymous. Thank you. Like it when is. You say helped out. What do you mean? Helped out by nearly clearing out the Amazon wish list that I had put together mm-hmm. just like two weeks ago. Oh wow! So, Imagine that. Imagine that conversation we had at Amazon. I know. And what what did me and Damien tell you? I know, and I felt kind of weird about it at, at first. Huh. Oh, imagine that. But imagine because Damien, uh, Damien and Tim were both like, let people support you however they want to. Support however you. they want to support. It might be buying a shirt. It might be buying some cables. It might be sharing your podcast. However, people support. Let them support. Yeah. So, yeah. To that uh, benef- benef- benefactor. Uh, to that anonymous person, thank you so, so, so much. Right. Uh, there were new XLR cables, new headphone extension cables. No one knows what this means. Just a different FYI to you. Yeah. No, no, one, no one knows what this means. <laughs> so <laughs> I have no idea what XLR cable is. I'm probably using th- one right this now. This thing. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You could have <laughs> came here and said, can you point to me the XLR cable? I would have pointed at the roof. I don't know. Okay. Most people don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so thank you. It, it is incredible. There are more things that he got that I have not even been able to set so up. So this yet. person bought a bunch of equipment that helps your podcast be better. Yes. Fair. So, so yeah. So thank you right off the top to that person. As far as other people, there are some people behind the scenes mm-hmm. of this podcast who have been behind the scenes right. since the beginning that deserve some credit. Okay. Uh, Gretchen. So the logo that everybody mm-hmm. loves that is recognizable. She created that. Does she do work or other other kind of work like that? Uh, she does. So I will put a link to to some of her stuff. Um, okay. She yeah, really really great stuff. Uh, Brandon and Aram from Vexing Media. They did the editing before. They did the editing before. Brandon helped me put together the website. Okay. Brandon was my first call to be like, so I want to do a podcast. I have no idea the technical side of things. What to do? Okay. So. Huge, huge thank you there. Uh, Aram helps out all the time. One of the other people behind the scenes uh, is Michelle. Mm-hmm. So to bounce ideas off of somebody is critical when you have a creative project. Okay. So with something like this where I, every time I have a new episode idea, she's usually the first person to hear about it. Okay. So that feedback is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan File is another person. He has been on the show before. I met Ryan. Uh, he is somebody else. Like I will send him a text at 10 o'clock at night and be like, Hey, uh, I was thinking about doing this and this. And he was like, like he is married. He has kids, but he always tries to like help me out. He is awesome. So those are just some behind the scenes people who have been there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. When I first had this idea that are still here now. So, uh, <clears throat> my, my friends, yes, the people who, who are, on, who have been on the show and who also are just crucial to this whole process. Dr. Andy, uh, he has not been on in a while. I think he's actually going to be on soon. We might be covering the 50-hour slam again. Wow, that's a lot. For, uh, yeah, Film Festival in Spokane. So Dr. Andy, this guy named Steve, mm-hmm. who, I mean, again, was you know the unofficial video game correspondent. His travel schedule has been crazy. Right. Literally travels all over the world <laughs> for National Geographic. So... He will be back at some point. 
uh you tim hall oh. the people's critic hey look at that uh you seriously like when we would see each other at the gym yeah. every day for years yeah. when i would be talking about this because i saw what you were doing yeah. you you seriously were the catalyst yeah. just do for it. this just get it done so it's this podcast motto. would not be here without you yeah. so appreciate that no worries of course uh jess and damien of course from mm-hmm. the curly nerd podcast <clears throat> They were one of the first people that you kind of connected me to mm-hmm. that were involved I'm in I'm a connector. You are. You absolutely are. So, and they just, they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They not only did I start listening to their podcast, but they became some of my best friends. Okay. Not a day goes by where we're not talking to each other, all four of us. Mm-hmm. So that is amazing. Ryan Berkeley, of course, just, I mean, again, he is somebody who has been on the show before. Awesome friend. Awesome artist. This is an Oscar speech. Uh, <laughs> and Mike Ward. Let's start playing the music. Uh, <laughs> Start playing a wrap it up music. Mike Jessica's Ward, playing wrap it up music right now. She in her probably head. is, but she is playing a wrap. Unless up. I start talking about her again, <laughs> wrap it up. So yeah, so just the friends. Uh, um, shout out to Mike, man. I love Mike. Mike's a good dude. Man. Mike, Mike is amazing. Love talking to Mike. Love making. I always tell him he looks like a, a '90s wrestling manager. He does <laughs> in a good way. I was like to him actually in a good way. Yeah, it's a hundred percent positive. He reminds me of a wrestling manager. So I'm trying to think. Uh, let me make sure that. I... Is it what do you what is that? I was just thinking of it actually what the lag time is like um on Facebook. Okay. Um, oh, I forgot we're still on Facebook. Yeah. What up Facebook? This is I hate Facebook. I know you do. I but, do. But Facebook loves you, maybe. I do hate Facebook. Uh so but again, like without some professional support as well. Mm-hmm. Uh Sophia Perez, who is a festival publicist at SIF, she was okay. the first person to actually issue me a press pass to something. Without her, I would not be able to go to the festivals and cover the things with that same type of respect from an organization like SIF. Mm-hmm. So, Sophia Perez, she definitely is on there. Uh, Christine Sheehan from DK Books. I have an entire shelf yeah. full of DK Books, uh, which no, I need to send out. Uh, oh, I can announce it here. You can announce it. The, the winner of the Black Panther book. And I was actually planning on putting this on Facebook. Who's the winner? On Monday. Uh, Era. Era Johnson, yeah. Wow. So Era the Creator. Oh, uh, because I know the, the the guys in Northwest Nerds were, were, were gunning for they, it. They were really wanting that. They I really did. wanted it. So I put all of the names on a Google spreadsheet. Shout out then... to Dyer and Nick. But yeah, Nick <laughs> Nick was really feeling it. Nick <laughs> was really I like, I want that Black Panther book. <laughs> I did a random. I know Damon wanted it too. I know. I did a random name generator <laughs> and I took a screenshot of the random name generator just in case people, you know. You know, it's it's a, it's, you know. Yeah, so, but Christine Sheehan, when she was at DK, she was my first contact. Yeah. Awesome company that I've been able to work with. Tim Cullings, uh, the video game scene, I've been involved in that because of him. Video game scene? What do you mean? Like this when, video I, when I cover the uh, game jam uh, that I covered for, like the Seattle Indies, when I cover six, the Seattle Indie Expo. So he has been able to give me just media credentials to talk to people, to interview people, and go to these awesome local gaming conventions that we have so and that is all because of him uh and then christine hassel for geek girl con love geek girl con one of my favorite cons i I was convincing my friend uh ej to take his daughter next year he he was talking about taking her to comic con i was like yeah take her there but like yo before that though you should take her to geek girl con Mm -hmm. and i was telling him because he you know he's he does telling you earlier he does chemistry stuff and like the little science that they have i was like yo take her and like let her let her do that kind of stuff i'm sure i'm sure you'll love it so and she's a heavy into minecraft Oh, really? Yeah, she grilled me for like 30 minutes about Minecraft one day. And I was like, yo, I don't not know what you're talking about, but 
I guess I'm learning Minecraft from a, a nine-year-old. This is funny. I do not understand Minecraft at all. She's geeked off it, too. It's really? Just, yeah. She's <laughs> crazy for the Minecraft. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I just, I don't yeah. really know how it, how it works um, or, or what it, it's, what it it's is. It's a thing that kids love, apparently. All right. I, I will take your word for it. Um, uh, yeah. Some of the quick guests that have been on, Phil Lamar. Mm-hmm. Landry Walker, Landry Q Walker, yep. Felicia Rashad. Mm-hmm. That was a trip. Mm-hmm. Like being on a phone call with Felicia Rashad, who mm-hmm. I grew up with as like a yeah. TV mom. It was just an awesome experience. So uh, real. Peter Tensio, Lorraine Singh, Suad Bushnak was my first interview. This at is an Sif. incredible uh, Academy Award speech. This is episode 100. Like I, I it's ha- not your last episode. You're I not know. going off the air. Are you, you have a show next week. I know. You have a show next week. You do, right? Yes. Yeah, I do. Then, uh, and then lastly, <laughs> lastly, the, the, the three <laughs> listeners who every episode are are hitting me up and giving you know, me feedback on your giving show. me feedback all the time. You just you just listen more feedback. I should. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, so Lisa, Era and Melissa are mm-hmm. three people who every episode yeah. they will send me something, whether it is a direct message, whether it is on Twitter and they will tag a guest like Tim. Yeah. There have been threads with him before. I always appreciate that. It is awesome because, again... I forget what I say sometimes. I'm like, oh, I said that? <laughs> well, that... Like, as, soon as, as soon as we record, I edit whatever, and then it is just out there. I just forget. I, if I'm honest about it, I forget. So... I do. But yeah, with those three... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so, I love, so love seeing that feedback. So, yeah. Email or whatever. At About Tree View on any podcast platform and social media platform is what I meant to say yes. uh, for that one. So, yeah. And About Tree View at gmail.com. At gmail.com. You can send an email, some feedback. Yeah. So uh, that is. Are, we that, play, are they playing that, you off the stage now with the music? They're playing. Are they playing you off? <laughs> uh, they are. Good. So uh, is anyone on Facebook saying anything? Uh, looks like Tim just joined, but no, I don't think he's saying anything. Tim, Tim Cullings. I was like, I'm not on Facebook. So all right, <laughs> that that would be that would be pretty that would amazing. Be really weird. If I ran, people search me on Facebook all the time. Oh really? I'm like you're not on there. I found some old white guy. Look at us, not me. It is me. <laughs> right. I'm mean, catfishing everybody. Sixty-five year old white guy. <laughs> that would be. I know amazing. how to sound really urban, you guys. That's that's right. my look. Urban and hip. Yeah, I know how to sound hip. Talk like the cool kids. Uh, what was that clip that I love seeing of Steve Buscemi? Yeah. School, like, what's up, fellow kids? That's me. That's me. I'm 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 that Tim Hall on Facebook. Whoever he is, yeah. I'm sure he gets a lot of people trying to find his page. Well, I mean, because they want to find you, the people's I mean, critic. Clearly, you know, obviously, so, obviously. Um, but yeah, so huge, huge gratitude. Episode one hundred, like Tim said at the beginning, a lot of podcasts do not make it to episode ten. Yeah, it's or twenty five. It's a, it's a labor. It's a, it's a labor. It's work. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still work. I was still up super early this morning. Yeah, by your choice. You always say like early morning. Not today. For me. No, today was not my choice. That was your choice. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> but I did say well, I, either way. Like okay. you're up early on a Sunday, or or you're mm-hmm. you like, I spent my Saturday watching Hunger Games. I'm after I leave here. I'm doing the Dead Film Society. Oh, Dead Deadbeat Film, Dead Film Society. Nice. Uh, we're yeah, doing something to get. We're doing work. Hunger Games. Um, okay. Yeah, it'll be fun. You know what's fun? Yeah. I, that was my choice. I chose really? the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I looked at their list of movies that they gave me, and I was like, Yo, I'm yeah. Gonna they, do. they sent me that same email, and I was like, Wow. Yeah. So I, I picked Hunger Games. We're gonna talk about Hunger Games. But even then, like, uh, committing to do that podcast meant I was having to rewatch Hunger Games and like look right. at it critically and think about it in in ways that I I hadn't ever 
since I've seen the first one. Uh, still a very compelling film, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah. The, still, the, fir- the very first one. Okay. Because I saw the It gets st- silly after I that. I saw the second one before I saw the first one. Oh, that's not smart. Um, <laughs> um, so. Still very compelling. And, and the way it's, I love the way it's structured and, and some of the themes in it are really good. Um, so, yeah. So, I'll be on there. I don't know when that episode drops. We're recording tonight. Um, okay. So, I'm just doing there. Skype or? No, going in person. Nice. Going in person, sit down. Because I noticed with, I follow them on social media. And so, I noticed like they have their setup. And I, so, I have seen pictures of guests of theirs oh i know nothing i'm going in wow blind just showing up stepping out on faith just stepping in gonna do it gonna sit and read beforehand relax and then go and go and knock it out okay it's a professional just show up off the bench just pulling up threes from from (laughs) off the bench that's me hop off the bench and just shoot a three-pointer and just from 50 feet that's always my plan really like the a-team just Dun, dun, yeah, dun. I, I've been groomed dun, by dun, 80s dun. movies, so that somehow I don't know if it's the right thing to do often, right? Uh, but as it's you know, but it's it it tells you sort of the power of of doing this kind of stuff where someone hears you on something and says, "I want you to come do this yeah. thing we're doing," uh, which is always I'm always humbled by it and, and thankful that people feel like they care what I have to say mm-hmm. and have an opinion that matters to them. It's always it's, it's the same thing when people give me feedback for reviews. It's it's weird because I forget yeah. my friends and people I know actually like pay attention or people will pull me or, or or people like i've had people stop me true story i'm in my elevator at work mm-hmm. and i had made a joke about wolverine and something and someone was someone referenced it and i laughed oh like, yeah. you made it so you made a joke in your review interview about wolverine nice. and someone who i don't know like made a comment to me in the elevator it does not work in my office works just works in my building Weird. And, I, and I laughed and I got over I was like Wait, how did he know I said that <laughs> it took a minute to be like how did you know I said that um and I didn't even know the person even read our reviews like it's hmm. so it can be surreal at times um even doing the love Simon interviews were really surreal at times yeah to, but being able to thank Greg Berlanti for the flash like I remember sitting with my nephew and watching the flash so being able to thank him for the flash and and tell Alexander ship how much I loved uh tragedy girls I was, I was, I was, how much I love Tragedy Girls. <laughs> I, I keep it professional. Well, but I, I did love that movie. No, like, yo, when you're I say, love Tragedy Girls. I thought you were going to be like, I loved X Men Apocalypse. No, no. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie to people. That's right. real. And I, and, this, and that was my second time talking to Nick Robinson. So, oh, yeah. You talked to him for um, King of Summer. And he right? had on a Biggie shirt. I remember we talked about Biggie. And it was funny to be like this young kid who was like really into Biggie and hip hop mm-hmm. and had this conversation. And he was, I mean, it's funny because he's a different kid now. Yeah. Cause he was like a kid kid now he's like a young man so it's funny like dude you kind of you've matured mm-hmm. in, in a good way so i asked about uh there's an mf doom pin yeah in his room and i asked if that was done on purpose yes and what was not by him though yeah, yeah <laughs> and greg was like our production designer yeah you know it was great they really put a lot of time into like what a high schooler's room would look like who loves music yeah. so i was like Smart. i see you i see Smart. you yeah so yeah those, those moments are still super surreal but mm-hmm. fun yeah, so Deadbeat, Work. Deadbeat Film Society. Yeah, uh, so Hunger Games. I don't know when it's. I'll find out today when it's dropping in. Yeah, and, and I will put a link to. Let me write that down. Link to um, their podcast. Yeah, and also a friend, a friend of ours, Aaron Hunley, was on Chris Lambert's podcast this week. On the Has it released Monday, yet? I saw it's, oh, it's a dropped Monday okay. Festival. So she's on there talking about a bunch of random stuff. Um, shout out to Chris and Aaron. It'll be fun. I'm going to listen to it today. Mm-hmm. It should be fun. Um, 
and I am doing the Made in the 80s podcast. We talked about toys this week. Our, our toys. I saw, I saw the collage that our the two toys, put together. Man, it, it was all these flashbacks of toys. And like as we were talking about them, like I was having all these visuals. I tell a very sad story about a toy incident I had at Christmas. Oh, no. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It was rough. It was a rough Christmas. Very okay. sad toy incident for Christmas for, for a, young, a young Tim uh, watching his toy dreams go down the toilet. Mm. Uh, in real time too um <laughs> real time real time man it, it, it's it still pains me so we talk about that and then the week after uh, we usually sit and do two podcasts at once the week after we're doing beverly hills cop nice 1984 classic we talk a lot about eddie murphy a little history about beverly hills cop i was originally for sylvester stallone who beverly hills cop he rewrote it <laughs> what yeah he, he got this because you know because he was coming off winning the oscar for Rocky. So he was yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I can rewrite any. I can write anything. I won an award. So he tries to rewrite the script. I'm the king of the world. And he turns it into essentially what was Cobra. Oh, okay. Which ended up yeah. being Cobra years later. And Cobra <laughs> is like a crazy dark, like, if you ever seen Cobra, it's like a dark yeah. action movie. And they were like, bruh, this is a comedy. We're not doing like this hard action movie. And so they ended up guys being like, hey, I know a guy from Saturday Night Live. We can probably get him because he had just did 48 Hours. Right. So the comedy Beverly Hills Cop. Wow. Yeah. So we had when we talk about Beverly Hills Cop and everything fun and bad and how ridiculous the opening of the movie. Have you seen it in a while? Yeah. Uh, not in a while. It no. opens. It's so ridiculous with 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 the Axel Foley cigarettes. He's trying to like sell them to these like gangsters, and they gave him two thousand. He's trying to get five thousand. It's a ridiculous police chase. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 All the music dun, dun, in it. The music is uh, great. The fact that he doesn't hook up with old girl in the movie is a it's, that's a choice. Because any in any action movie, Wait, they didn't. They don't hook up. She goes to this hotel room. She okay. sits on the bed. They don't hook up. But I think that's a choice because huh. they probably weren't. Eighty four wasn't really high on interracial sex scenes <sighs> in movies. But so Eddie Murphy, who's a star, mm-hmm. doesn't hook up with this woman in this movie. Uh, the two cops, Haggard and and, and Rosewood, and right? All of that, and and Victor Maitland, the villain, and and. But what I, re- when I realized is it, it, when watching the film is they really give Eddie these pockets to do, to do sort of skits in the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a skit when he showed up to, to, to confront Victor Maitland when, when, when he's eating at brunch. Yeah. Where he gets to, he gets to be funny. Oh, I'm, I'm a gay dude and I have a disease and I got to tell Victor Maitland. Right. So now he gets in to talk to him. Then when he gets him, he gets to confront him and be tough and be tough with the other guy. And then when he's doing a bit when he's lying to the captain about what happened on the, at the strip club. The strip club scene is a bit when he's like, oh, you're my friend. What's up, man? I ain't seen you in a while. And he disarms him. These are all bits that they're letting Eddie do throughout the movie that, that, that play like little small SNL skits, essentially. Yeah. But they're sort of pieced together in this through story. It's, it's brilliant how it's done. Like They allow Eddie to sort of flex and still tell this story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's brilliant. So, yeah, we talk all about all of that okay. and, and more, so it's great. Sorry to no, no, no. So may yeah, I will. I think I linked many eighties, yeah. yeah, our many eighties podcast, and we're, we want to know what we're doing very soon. Yes, uh, Soul Plane, not Soul Plane, Soul Man. Okay, I was like uh, Soul, Soul, Plane. Soul Plane was not in the eighties. Soul Man, have you seen that movie? If I did, it was a long time ago. Watch the trailer. Any anyone listening, please go to YouTube. You type in Soul Man trailer, mm-hmm. and it is one thousand percent problematic. And there's no way. It plays today. Okay. It's probably not even, there's no cable show that's going to play it. And that's something I watched in the 80s. Oh, it's so bad. It's about a guy who gets his skin dark to become black so he can get into law school. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, was it? Um, uh, what's his name? Plays him. Uh, God, who's I'm, the dude who plays, right who now. plays like, now so, it, man? Now it sounds familiar. He probably is like, take that off my IMDb, please. 
please take it off. Yeah, it's the trailer is so rough. He's like, I can't get in the school. He's like, I got a good idea. So there's a scholarship for black kids. So he, right. he becomes black and kind of militant. <laughs> so bad. Oh, C. Thomas C. Thomas Howell. Howell that's what wow. it is. Yeah, man. Just the trailer alone Ooh. is... Yeah, man. That so, is, man. That is crazy. James Earl Jones is in that? Yeah. See, I remember Leslie Nielsen being in, like, once you started yeah. talking about it, I thought he was the one who was. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, man. Just, I couldn't imagine them doing that today. Wow. Like, it, the production would get shut down. Yeah. With with the quickness. <laughs> with the quickness. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're doing that at some point and okay. uh, some other thing. But yeah. Once, nice. we get, once we get our recording set up, figured out we mm-hmm. definitely happily have you on and talk about goonies no sorry i'm busy <laughs> well, that day. well i mean there's so much to talk about like video games and the i mean we haven't even touched music we kind of did mmj michael jackson thing around thriller the mm-hmm. thriller anniversary so there's so much other than pop like we really trying to capture pop culture so right. we'll figure that out at some point yeah sounds good um so social media before we uh exit this uh, recording social yeah. media where can people find you where can people read your reviews where can uh, people read the interview with the what? Love Simon crew um, on the internet man for real no uh, <laughs> what uh, People's Critic uh, <laughs> on Twitter at, at People's Critic with one eye because someone has the other one mm-hmm. uh, People's Critic on Instagram Snapchat but I don't use that much um, and uh, the People's Critic blog.com you can find my reviews interviews gonna be a lot coming up because it's a heavy early mm-hmm. spring thanks to Infinity War yep <laughs> then we have SIF coming up which is always how did it sn- it every up. year it sneaks what up what makes it even what makes SIF crazy covering is that it bleeds into the summer movie season so it's, it's just a <laughs> lot it's a lot uh, yeah so that and then you know I'll be on the Made in the 80s podcast I'll be on Dead Film Dead Beat Film Society Dead Beat, I keep messing up Dead Beat Film Society mm-hmm. um and yeah, so yeah, I'll be around talking about movies. Nice. I like it. As for this podcast, uh, it is about to review on all social media platforms or at about to review on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube.com slash about to review. About to review.com is where you can also stream the website, has full links to the show notes and guests. If you want to support the show. I put all your thank yous in there and be in the show notes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some of those, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you want to support the show and be an awesome, mysterious benefactor like the first one, you can click the link to the Amazon wish list. I think some of the only things that are left are like the super high ticket items that I just randomly put on there. Like just a in new case. TV? Uh, no, this is oh. all podcast, with, like a new mixer. I mean, that's related, bro. I got to watch these movies. <laughs> that is true. A new laptop? Uh, oh, I desperately I need one of those. Get a new laptop. Uh, but no, just like uh, a new mixer and yeah. new microphone, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, so there is a link to the Amazon wish list below. If you want to go to aboutreview.com slash support, you can do can something I, can, there. Can someone add stuff to your wish list? No. Uh-oh. They could. Uh, no. I think just whatever's on the wish list is. Is Titanic what, on there? Nobody send me a copy of the <laughs> Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> Goonies on Blu-ray. No. Yeah. No. All of it. Please send, 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 send John Goonies as a See, happy luckily, 100th. Oh gosh! Episode: A copy of Goonies, a Goonies gear, Goonies t-shirts, uh, Goonies mugs. Nope. A- everything, every anything Goonies, anything Titanic related, the soundtrack, all of that. Da, 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 See, look at him, look at da, him, da, <laughs> look at him. He's all in already. Oh, so dumb. Uh, but yeah, so you can support the show by going to those links. 
Uh, and then also rate, review, like, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Mm-hmm. Be that Apple Podcast, Google Play, uh, Alexa via TuneIn, and I think Blueberry has another Alexa plugin or skill mm-hmm. right now as well. So if you talk to your Alexa and say, play the About to Review podcast. They're start laughing back at you like they've been doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did it... Um, what did it do? I would never put one of those in my house. No. Have you seen the meme where it was like, uh, in the 60s, the government was worried. People were worried about the government wiretapping their homes. Fast forward 2018. Hey, wiretap. Yo, can you order me some pizza? <laughs> true story. Uh, real quick. My friend Ooh. my friend is a, he's a federal parole officer. And we had lunch mm-hmm. the other day and he was saying, how much information they get people from their Facebook? People who just willingly put information in there. He's like, now nah, I got to drug test you. You, you, you yeah. on your Facebook like, oh, I met with my, I'm on curse. Right. My blankety blank PO, <laughs> I'm turning up with the hen, and it's like, nah, you sure you want to do that, got, buddy? You can't see any weed on there now. So now I guess who has to come drug test you? <sighs> guess who's now I got to do that? Right? Yeah, foolish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Foolishness. So don't, yeah. don't 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 put one of those in your house. Yeah, they they're <clears throat> I like snitch living in your house. <laughs> <laughs> snitches get stitches. Snitch, you got a snitch is just just cooperating with the police. Pretty much. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you can talk to your Alexa if you want while it is wiretapping everything else that goes on to your Just home. Just listening anyway. And listen to the About to Read podcast on your Alexa. Uh, but yeah, Stitcher, Blueberry, anywhere you can get a podcast, uh, it is there. Thank you again, everybody, for, for listening, for being there. This isn't your uh, last episode. Why are you... you it's like, it, you're <laughs> like you, you, <laughs> you're giving some sort of eulogy for your podcast. <laughs> no, just it is amazing. Episode it, 100. It's, it's great. This is not a eulogy. You... When you go back and listen to it, it's going to sound like you're eulogizing your own show. I yeah, feel like I'm at a funeral for a show where you're like, thank everyone who supported me. But no, it's the last is- episode ever. <laughs> it's not. No, this this is not at all. Okay. Um, to make that clear. It's not. Yeah. Uh, as far as upcoming uh, things, so this week, Isle of Dogs is what I will be seeing and Pacific Rim Uprising mm-hmm. as well. I mean, there's giant robots punching giant aliens. Yeah, I'm in for it. <laughs> I mean, I am 100% down for that. Uh, I will be in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I might try and check out the local film scene there, there for a few days. Uh, but yeah, so next week's episode will be most likely a solo show talking mm-hmm. about Isle of Dogs and Pacific Rim Uprising. Okay. That's what wraps it up for this episode of the About Review podcast. Uh, thank you for the people who are watching on Facebook, even though they have been quiet and they have not Look, actually asked on me. Uh, it says 18. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, they're watching. They're, they're not saying anything. You creepers. Aaron White, I know you are watching. Or at least you were. You just are not saying anything. Uh, Shout out to Aaron. So, yeah. So, thank you uh, for watching Facebook Live. Uh, thank you, Tim, for being on Yet another episode. Oh, I forgot to say. Oh, God. What else? So, your first episode. Yeah. Was episode number four. Yeah, I remember that. Of this podcast. We talked about Civil War. We did. We talked about Civil War. And, and now, Logan Browning. We definitely talked about Logan Browning. Always always close to my heart. Uh, she might be close to this podcast in just a couple of weeks. That, let's hope so. So, and you have been on, as of today, yes. 35 episodes. That's a pretty good percentage. 35% of the 35%. About to Review episodes. <laughs> So I want my 35% when your podcast blows up. I'm just going to cash in on my 35%. Uh, I actually meant 3.4%. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, all right, cool. All right. Thank you again, everybody, for listening, for watching all of those things on this episode of the About to Review podcast. I have been joined by... Tim, the People's Critic. And I have been your host, that guy named John. We will see you next time.
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.